1: Right now we're going to talk loons. We're going to talk Golden Gopher football with Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. Andy, how you been? see you, How are you? Yeah, good. Good to visit with you. And uh, this warm, windy Saturday afternoon, I feel bad for those guys still on the course at the TPC of the Twin Cities. One thing I know, pros dread, is when the wind is howling like this. That, that scares them. And uh, it's going to be a tough finish for those guys still out there.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it might be. I'm not. Uh, I'm not following the the golf too much. Is uh, is uh, uh, Ricky Fowler still leading over
1: there? Ricky Fowler took an eight on eighteen. Okay. Uh, to to fall back, he was leading for the moment, fell back to six under par. So right now, six off the lead. So so Ricky had a little trouble on the back nine coming in, and I. I'm not going to blame it on the win, but I know uh, we we've seen the scores trending up. But uh, now that the winds have have certainly picked up, uh, Andy shouldn't be a huge factor tonight at Allianz Field. It'll be the Portland Timbers and Minnesota United FC at Allianz, and this is amidst of a pretty tough stretch for the Loons.
2: Yeah, uh, you know they played Seattle last Sunday, uh, and Seattle had an MLS record, 13 game up beaten streak, and. Minnesota was able to get a late goal and, and, uh, you know, get a win against a a depleted Sounders team last Sunday. And, uh, you know, they've got two games here over the next, what is it, four days against teams right around them in the Western Conference playoff picture in in Portland tonight and LAFC on Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, with this being a home game, uh, with them having gotten three points against Portland uh, just a couple of weeks ago, on the backs of Adrian Unu's fastest goal in ML, in MNUFC history you know, in just over two minutes, uh, this is going to be a, a big opportunity for them to get three points because LAFC uh, is one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they've been playing a little bit better here over the you know last couple of weeks, and uh, going on the road is always difficult.
1: Yeah, uh, big big win over Seattle for sure uh, for Minnesota United FC. And, uh, here, here we are, you know, certainly in the dog days, there's still a lot of season left, isn't there,
2: Andy? (laughs) Yeah, there's probably about, you know, just under just over two thirds of the season left. So yeah, these guys are, these guys are going to be going for a while. These guys are going to be going, you know, into October, into November and the playoffs, you know, through December. So yeah, I mean, it's a 34 game season and, and they've, you know, taken international breaks at different times and, there's one coming up in a little bit. So there's two week, uh our two game weeks. You know, this week and, and next week, and, and going forward. And that's just kind of how it how it goes in MLS.
1: Andy Greedy joining us uh, from the Pioneer Press online, TwinCities.com. He covers the uh, Loons and Golden Goal for football. Uh, th- the crowds have returned, and I, I know. You know, reading all the quotes from, from the players, Adrian Heath, having a chance to visit with Manny Lagos, it, it is a, a big deal, isn't it? I mean, The atmosphere at Allianz is as good as it gets. It's as good as any sports venue in town.
2: Yeah, I would I would think so, um, just given the fact that it's at capacity every single opportunity that they get to be in there. And, you know, with the supporter section on the south end, um, you know, 3,500 3, or so fans. Uh, you know, screaming, chanting, waving flags uh, throughout the game is, uh, is something that, you know, especially on a hot night like we're going to have tonight, uh, is going to be able to kind of wheel these guys on as they go. And, you know, you need to also give them something to cheer about, and Minnesota United has not scored nearly enough goals uh, this season. They've had a lot of, you know, slim margin games where, you know, maybe they're able to get a glancing header or a deflection off a hip or something funky. Uh, but they have not been able to score at the rate that they have thought that they would have given the additions that they have given, you know, Emmanuel Reynoso back. And I was just looking at it earlier today and he was the catalyst for their long playoff run and set a record for assists in the playoffs and really led them last year. And he has not been able to, you know, get in the uh, assist category very much. You know, he had a secondary assist on the winner against Seattle uh, but guys have not been able to, to finish on the end of you know what they call key passes and he's you know, one of those guys in that category which is a pass that leads directly uh, to a shot on goal he's been producing at that level but his teammates on the receiving end those uh, you know those strikers those wingers those midfielders have not been able to put it away at anywhere near the rate that they thought they would be able to we'll see if they're able to to you know have a little bit more success tonight but you know, they've got great fans, but you also got to give them something to cheer about.
1: Yeah, for sure. And a follow up on that, um, it, it, does, does Adrian He shuffle the deck a little bit? Is there a change in strategy or, or approach to, to try and loosen things up a little bit? What, what can be done to, to free people up a little bit?
2: Added, like I said, uh, Adrian Unu and Franco Fragapane, uh, they spent $5 million. Uh, which is a lot in, in MLS money, a lot in, in Minnesota United money, uh, to bring those guys in. And they, like I said, um, they've only had a couple of games. They were delayed transfers from France and delayed yeah. transfers from Argentina. And they haven't been in the fold very much yet this year. And they've only had a few games together tonight. And, you know, there might be, you know, some changes in the lineup tonight. I haven't been able to confirm those. You know, Portland is a, is a difficult opponent. And, and Minnesota has been pretty tight lipped who might be out there, but they might be forced to make some changes. We'll see and they want those food in that mix with Uno, Fragapane, and Reynoso. And they haven't been able to put them out there very much and kind of been, they didn't have the benefit of preseason with those guys given the delays in those transfers. And, uh, you know, this kind of trying to build chemistry on the fly in live games when it matters in a in a definite, you know, 32 out of 34 of these games in the schedule are against Western Point or Western Conference teams. So every game is a six-point game. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not what they wanted. You know, they wanted these guys here earlier, and they're trying to, to go on the fly now, and they haven't been able to get results. And, and we'll see what that starting 11 is tonight and if they have to make changes up top.
1: Andy Greener joining us, Covered Saloons and Golden Goal for football. And uh, here we go. Uh, we, we got a media event uh, in the rearview mirror. Uh, P.J. Fleck talked. Uh, some players talked. Um, and embarking on a season gets off to a super tough start. You, you couldn't draw up a tougher opener than Ohio State coming in to, to open the thing at Huntington Bank Stadium. Uh, but there is a lot of optimism around this football team going into the season. A lot of returners. Uh, they, their, their quarterback situation is solid. Uh, what about Golden Gopher football beyond that brutally tough opener
2: with Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, given the way that Big Ten Media Days is laid out in 14 teams, they've got seven going on the first day, and the Gophers usually go right away, and then the rivals go on the, on the second day. And, you know, that's Iowa and Wisconsin. And I don't know if you remember, Steve, how that Hawkeyes game ended last year, but Iowa was having its way with the Gophers. And, PJ was trying to, to stave off a shutout and, and get a late touchdown and called a timeout with 19 seconds left in a 35 to zero game. Yeah. And Kirk Ferentz did not take too kindly to that and called three timeouts back to back to back with that uh, at that time. And it was very startling for a mild mannered Kirk Ferrance who has been in the league 20 some years and, and doesn't say or do a lot of things that raise eyebrows. So to call three timeouts and to send a message like that, that was certainly what I wanted to, to ask Kirk parents about yesterday. And, uh, you know, I asked him directly, and he was like, you know, they, they provided us with a different look in that game, and, and we wanted to get a timeout to, to try to, you know, scheme it up a little bit better. So I was like, but you called three timeouts. Was there anything else beyond just strategy in that? And he was like, well, I thought the first timeout by PJ was curious, and I wanted to do something a little bit more curious. And I might have acted a little immaturely at that time. So ah. it, was, it was certainly a moment where a rivalry that has gotten a little stagnant because Iowa has dominated as much as they have with P.J. Flack and in the later part of Jared Kill, Tracy Clays, that it really threw some, some intrigue into the rivalry that had been lacking over the last couple of years that, you know, maybe Kirk Ferentz doesn't take too kindly to P.J., and uh, wanted to send a message that, you know, what are you doing? Why are you trying to yeah. save off a shutout at this point in the game instead of just taking this pill of a loss and, and moving on? So that was by far the most interesting thing that came out of the Big Ten media days. You know, probably the most heartfelt thing to come out of it was, you know, Tanner Morgan, uh, the Gophers quarterback, speaking for the first time since he lost his dad. And, you know, he's shown, you know, amazing resolve and positivity and confidence and and he's really relied on, on his faith in God to to get him through this and just talking with him on Thursday and, and seeing how his coach and how his teammates that were there in Boy Amafe and Mo Ibrahim rallied around him and, and saw the the uh, you know determination and and willingness to to still keep pushing on it's such a tough time was was very inspiring to see and you know the gophers have had great leaders at that position in the five or six years that i've covered them and mitch leidner and and now tanner morgan uh for the most part uh, some other guys in the middle but it's uh it was uh heartfelt to see how much he uh, is going to be playing for his dad you know his, his dad was lost to a to a brain tumor and and uh, he's going to be playing for the geoblastoma foundation here this year and we'll do things to to honor them. So those are probably the two main storylines coming out of Indianapolis here this week.
1: All right, Andy, before we let you go real quick, I want to get your thoughts on how much of a story at Big Ten Media Days was this idea that Texas and Oklahoma are bolting to the SEC and that uh, the Big 12 is literally falling apart and there could be an opportunity to expand the Big Ten going forward.
2: Yeah, I think that's what Kevin Warren has to do at this point. You know, he had a he had a really rocky uh, first year uh, with the Big Ten canceling football and then having to restart it late when other conferences had, had picking, the, picking the ball up and started to play games. And the Big Ten was was waiting and, and nearly going to be left behind. Uh, and Kevin Warren and, and the rest of the Big Ten was able to get a season. So it was not a, a good year for Kevin Warren as commissioner. So, yeah, with the SEC, you know, making a, an overture – uh, along with Oklahoma and Texas, the two biggest teams, biggest programs by far in the Big 12, uh, that would make them a, a super conference. And, and what does Kevin Warren do at this point? You know, some of the hot rumors are, is, you know, maybe it's some of the L.A. teams. You know, maybe it's UCLA and, and UCLA. And maybe there's a, a plucking of some of the best teams of the Pac-12 uh, to come into the to the Big 10, uh, which would maybe make it a Big 20 uh, if they're able to, to go that big, wow! Uh, that's kind of where things are going. You know, it's it's uh, it's a super conference era. Uh, if the if the SEC uh, is able to do it with Oklahoma and Texas, and they're uh, willing to 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 fork over the you know reported eighty million dollars in fines that they would have to do to get out of you know their grant of rights deal uh, with the Pac-12, or excuse me, with the Big Twelve. And, uh, yeah, it, it was always a storyline at, at, uh, at Big Ten Media Days, but nobody was willing to say too much about what's going on in the back room and the back channels, and, and yeah. that's really where the story is right now.
1: Wow. All right, Andy, good to visit with you as always. Thanks.
2: Yep, take care, Steve.
1: All right, there he is, Andy Greeter, uh, covers Golden Gopher football and menu, Soda United FC for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com.